0: You're listening to the Well Church Network. We exist to send disciple makers of Jesus by being disciple makers of Jesus. This is part one of our relationship series as presented by Alan Tate at the Well Church Florence. So tonight as we as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, we're going to dig in together and just kind of walk through what, what, what should we be doing in this life to take advantage of this singleness. In many ways, when Paul talks about singleness... He talks about it as God's plan A. He talks about marriage as almost like a, like a side note. Like this is, a, this is a problematic plan B. If you must be married, be married. But singleness is best. Look at this from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Verses 32 down to 35. He says, I want you to be free from anxieties. He says, the unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord. How to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things. How to please his wife and the interest, his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit, but the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any strain upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. He he says, listen, while, while marriage may bring some good, and it certainly does, and while marriage may be from the Lord, and it certainly is, while it may bring joy and help and relief in certain areas, it also, as Paul tells us, he says, it also multiplies your distractions in this life. That the married man is, is not undivided in his attention to the Lord because his, he's, he, he's got to ensure that his wife and her needs and what she, what, what she desires, those things are taken care of. He says... Same thing with the married, unmarried woman. Her, she's undivided towards the Lord, but the married woman, her, her interests are divided as well. That, that she must take care of her husband in a similar way. And, 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 and he's pointing to these things, this, this idea that, that marriage is a high calling. Marriage is a good calling, but it's an demanding calling that, that will require you to sacrifice some other good things in order to actually fulfill that which, which you vow together on your marriage day. He says, listen, if you're not married, the principle here is if you're not married, your singleness is a gift because you're not living in this world where your attention is divided in another covenant relationship. With God's leading, He says, in, in singleness, you have the ability and the freedom to invest yourself. To invest your time, to invest your resources, to invest your flexibility in relationships, to invest your passions and your ministries towards causes and and, and specific areas that can bear unbelievable fruit during this time of your life, unlike any other time of your life. Says your attention in this season can be undivided towards the Lord. But it starts with you understanding that singleness isn't second rate. That singleness isn't somehow just this this waiting period for something greater. But instead, singleness is exactly where God has you right now for this season to do uh, unbelievable and incredible things in and through you. If you just recognize it. He's laying a foundation for the rest of your life. Maybe even the rest of your married life in the future. And the foundation that you lay in this season of your life literally affects everything else down the road. To the good... Is what we pray, but also, we don't lay a foundation. If we build our life on on the sands of life and not the foundation of Jesus, we know that that foundation will ultimately crack. So what you do in your singleness absolutely matters. Tonight, whether your singleness is a gift from the Lord for a season, or whether singleness is, is, is for the rest of your life, we all have to realize it's important. We all have to realize how significant it truly is. And we ask that question, okay, if it is important. If it is what Paul says it is, and it's a season of incredible potential, my undivided attention to the Lord, then what must I do to take advantage of it? We've talked about some of these things before, and the truth is, as I talked with some of our staff earlier today, as I think back and just kind of process, like, if there's anything that I would want to say to anyone about singleness, it really all
1: comes down to these things every time. And the first is just simply this. Don't feed sin in your singleness. But kill it. Paul, over in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, and verse 5, encourages us to do this. He says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly
0: in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness which is idolatry. We look at that, we we know other passages in scripture where where God's word's calling us specifically to lay aside the sin which clings so closely. We know we 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 know these things, we've heard these things, you've been encouraged in these things and no one in their right mind would ever say that this verse is for married people only. Oh yeah, yeah, that's just for people that aren't single. Those are just that's just for married people. No, this is for all of us. Like we recognize this is for all of us. We we even more than just recognize this for all of us. We recognize it's a command. He says, put to death, therefore. Do it. He's saying, do these things. Absolutely. Even more than a, than a command. It's, a, it's an imperative. So not just do it, but you do it. You put to death these things. This sinful nature. And even more than that, it's a present tense imperative command. So you put to death these things now. Don't wait. Don't, don't, don't put it off. By the power of the Spirit within you, put to death these things. Now, as Paul said back in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Jesus wants your undivided attention. And what does sin do in our life? Sin divides our attention. Sin pulls us in another direction. It steals our attention. And hear me, the last thing, the absolute last thing that your future self, but even more than that, your future married self, Or your future spouse needs. Is for you to be so focused on your own issues. And your own sin that you drag into a marriage. That you can't focus. One on the Lord.
1: And two on their needs. What we know about marriage is it requires unending care. And concern for your spouse. That's in essence what you're
0: saying when you stand before. I don't know if you've ever actually listened to the vows that a husband and wife give on that wedding day, but that's what you're saying in that moment. You're saying, hey, listen, I don't matter anymore because I'm, 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 I'm giving you this covenant and this covenant promise I'm making you is that you matter above everyone else on this faith, on the face of the earth. That it's Jesus and then it's you
1: and I'm laying down everything to ensure you're taken care of. Your needs above my needs. I'm laying myself down completely at this point in front of our friends and family. That's what I'm saying to you. I'm all about you. I'm sacrificing myself for you. My desires laid aside. My preferences gone. One of my favorite quotes on marriage,
0: maybe you know this, maybe you've heard this, is from Leslie Nope.
1: Leslie Nope says that when When a couple gets married, two single people die. And it's profound because it's Leslie Nope, right? And we're like, she's brilliant. It's
0: also incredibly true. That's the picture. That's the picture of what's actually happening in that moment. You don't realize that you're going to two funerals when you go to a wedding, but you're going to two funerals when you're going to
1: a wedding. Like These folks are literally saying, I'm dying to myself for you. So I ask tonight, are you ready for that? Like as you think about
0: that and we dream about it and we plan it and you got the Pinterest boards that you don't want anybody to know that you got, but you got them. We know you got them. Like. But as you think about those things, are you ready for this? Ultimately, what it really means, are you ready for this? Are you ready to die yourself? Are you ready to put another before you are you ready to sacrifice all for them are you ready to love them without condition ultimately are you ready to lay aside what is innate and natural in every one of us which is this selfishness that manifests itself in so many ways are you ready to kill all of that truth is to answer that question all we have to do is ask how are we currently doing that in our walk with Jesus how are we currently doing Because here's the the, the real clear and harsh truth tonight. If we're struggling to die to Jesus tonight, if we're struggling to sacrifice all for Jesus tonight, if we're struggling to lay down everything to come after Jesus tonight, it's going to be even harder to do that for a future spouse. If you're selfish now, if you feel it, if you know it, you see it, marriage is not going to cure you. Dating relationship is not going to cure you. We we look at these things like, man, that's that's the goal. That's the pinnacle. That's the mark. That's what I need in my life to get beyond this. Guys, on the other side of that mountain, on the other side of that pinnacle, on the other side of that goal, let me tell you, 13 years into marriage, I'm still really selfish, and marriage is still showing me just how selfish I am. So kill selfishness in your singleness. Do everything you can do to to begin killing it now. If you're like, man, I struggle in in a myriad of other ways. You're like, man, I struggle with lust right now. Let me just let me just let me just give you a, a picture of what's coming. Marriage is not going to cure that. Marriage is not going to go. Okay, now that you're married, we don't have to deal with all of this other sin anymore. These things you struggled with. Now now everything is just like roses and like really awesome, and it's just bachelor all the time. Like, it's just we're just living the dream together in Tahiti. Like, that's what we're doing. It's just honeymoon all year long. No. If you struggle with something pre-marriage or pre-dating, you're going to struggle with it in dating, and you're going to struggle with it post-marriage as well. These things aren't going to cure you. As a matter of fact, it's not going to instantly change you. It'll only expose what's already inside of you.
1: So kill sin and kill selfishness now when the stakes are lower. When the stakes are lower and,
0: and the enemy doesn't have a marriage or a dating relationship to literally rip apart. Kill sin now. Destroy it. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you those things and confess it and repent, it, repent of it. We talk about sin often like mold. The the enemy wants us to just let that sin linger inside and and, and, and we're ashamed of it and we don't like it and we certainly don't like to talk about it and we don't want to be vulnerable about about it. We don't want to tell anybody about it. We don't want to let let anybody see what's going on because of this shame that's in us. But we talk about it often. We want to get below the shame line with some people in our lives so that they can see that mold, call that mold to light, the light of Jesus where it can die. Because the enemy wants to isolate you, he wants you alone, he wants you, what, 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 what we fear is exactly where he takes us, where you feel like you're the only person that deals with those things, where you feel like, man, I'm the only one that's doing these things. And, and the sad truth is that once he gets us alone and isolated, he can convince us to do all sorts of other things and, and just perpetrate all sorts of terrible lies in our head that we begin to believe as truth, and when we get in a place where we're like, I don't even know how to get out of this, and I don't know how I got here in the first place. Guys, we need each other. We absolutely need each other in our singleness. There's this lie. There's this lie that singleness means alone. That's not at all what singleness means. That's why God has given us the church, the body of Christ, to lean into one another, to be community to encourage one another in this specifically, towards Christ's likeness. But we've got to be willing to get into one another's lives and open up to one another and share these things so that together we can fight for one another's souls. And together we can kill, kill sin even in this, this singleness. Christ has given you the power of the Holy Spirit to do this work now, not later. He's not waiting. The Holy Spirit isn't waiting to bring power into your life until a, a significant other comes into your life. No, he's ready now. He's ready now. Lean into the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit because we know, we know what God's word says when we allow sin to linger. Paul warns us over in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 to 24, he says, They knew
1: God. They knew God. God, but they didn't honor Him. So He gave them up to the lusts of their hearts.
0: We know what sin does. We've seen what the brokenness
1: it brings into our lives, the brokenness it brings into relationships. We see the brokenness it brings into our world. It destroys. Never gives what it promises.
0: We let sin linger. It will eventually kill us and it will kill everything
1: that goes with us including future relationships and future marriages. So kill sin now. Don't wait. We do that really simply. We kill it with confession. We just get real. We confess that. Not just to the Lord but to one another.
0: We kill it with repentance, which means more than just I'm saying that these are things I've done and I'm asking for forgiveness, but we we physically turn and go the other direction.
1: And we can't do that alone. We kill it with actual, real, consistent accountability from brothers and sisters in this room. So I would encourage you, if that's where
0: you find yourself tonight, you're like, man, I'm just wrapped up in all this mess. Find somebody around you.
1: Find a friend. Look, I need you to ask me the really tough questions. And I'm going to do the same for you for the sake of us looking more and more like Jesus because that's what He desires in our singleness. And this sin is not doing that. Kill
0: sin in your singleness. Second, I would say this. Let, let Jesus determine who you are and who you should be. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, we get this incredible picture of what God has done for us and what He is doing in us. It says, For those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, or that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, this picture is clear there that God is doing the work of saving us, and then even beyond that God is doing the work of making us like him and praise be to God for this truth. It's incredible truth here. this is my dating is not the pinnacle priority of your life point, right? So so often, we can get so narrow vision or tunnel vision that this is just all I need in my life. I need a significant other, but that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, no, 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 you need more of me. Conformity to Jesus is the overwhelming call of your life as a follower of Jesus. And everything else in your life, including your relationships, your friendships, including future marriages, should ultimately point to that end, not be an an end in and of themselves. Anything that leads us away from conformity to Jesus is not from the Father, including relationships that we may be in tonight. Jesus has a plan for your life that includes a future marriage and the person that He desires for you to be with will be His best choice for you. And His best choice for you will always be whoever leads you closer and closer to Him. If you question whether or not that the person that you're currently with or the person that you are pursuing or the person that you like or your crush, whoever, if you're questioning whether or not they're best for you, ask a simple question.
1: Will dating them make me more like Jesus? And if the answer is no, then the answer to your
0: first question of is this best for me in my pursuit of Jesus is also No.
1: Singleness should be a time of self-awareness that leads to incredible spiritual growth and social
0: maturity. We should use it as such. We should see it as such. I know many of you in the room tonight have your list, right? You got your list of the things that you're looking for, the things that you want in a future spouse. Some of those things are, are preferences. Like I I want someone that's tall, dark, and handsome. I want somebody that can sing. I want someone who plays guitar. I want someone who, you know, is athletic or whatever. We got our preferences, and preferences are fine in certain preferences. The way God's wired us calls us and, and, and draws us to certain people and certain preferences like that. But I also hope that you've got some non negotiables. Some things, on the other hand, that you're like, hey, these are close handed things, and, and, and I'm not willing to negotiate what these are. And even more than that, I hope that one of those non-negotiables is specifically in regards to their walk in relationship with the Lord. Because of what God's Word says that He does for those that are followers of Him, I hope that their walk with the Lord matters to
1: you above all else. Ladies, Psalm chapter 1 paints this picture of a man whose delight is in the Word of the Lord.
0: It paints this picture of the man who's firmly rooted in
1: maturing and meditating on this word day and night. How important is that quality to you? Ladies, or men rather, Psalm chapter 31, excuse me,
0: Proverbs chapter 31 paints a picture of a godly woman. Paints this picture of of a woman who fears the Lord and therefore is worthy
1: of praise. God, I would ask you how important are those qualities to you? Are those non-negotiables to you?
0: then we must simply ask ourselves on the back side of that, as a guide, does Psalm 1 describe my life? Is Psalm 1 true of me? Or as a lady tonight, does Proverbs chapter 31, does it describe me? Is it true of who I actually am? And then when we look at those two passages, Psalm 1, Proverbs 31, and certainly there are many others, but when we look at those two passages tonight, and then we we look at it as a mirror into our lives and go, okay, where, where do I not stack up? Where does my life look different than this? What stands in the way of, of me and that? We we then get real with the Lord and go, Lord, help me be that. Lord, help me help me remove anything that stands in the way. That kind of personal evaluation is not just key for our future marriage's sake, it's key for us right now. Like this is incredibly key for us right now for God to do what He promises to do in Romans chapter eight. This is why God's Word in this season and in every season of our life is so incredibly important to us. Because when we dig into it and when we study it and when we read it for ourselves and we don't just listen to somebody drone on from a stage and tell us what it means, but instead we dig into it on our own and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, it requires us at that point to self-evaluate. It requires us to look at it in in a situation where we go, if this is true, it's true for me, And then it does this other incredible thing of if if it's true for me, it's true for everybody else too. And I have to go and tell them this. I need to share this with them. We begin to see our own inconsistencies in the way that we live versus the way that Christ is calling us to live. We begin to see our needs and begin to ask the Lord just simply to help us in these things. And all of this is incredibly important in our singleness because I think I think someone who fears the Lord and delights in His Word is attracted to those who also fear the Lord and delight in His Word. And if you would say tonight, man, I want someone who fears the Lord
1: and delights in His Word, my encouragement for you is to fear the Lord and delight in His Word. These are non negotiables. For your future spouse, they need to be non-negotiables in your life right now. I've said it before, it's still true to this day. I love my wife. We've been married almost uh, almost 14 years. Um, is that right? No, 13. Almost 13 years. Don't tell her I said that.
0: And when we were dating, there were some things I was incredibly attracted to about her. Even to this day, incredibly attracted. She's beautiful, but it's not, the reason, it's not the reason I'm head over heels for her. She is maybe the greatest servant that I know. And anybody that knows her well will also say similar things about her. And I love that about her. It's incredible. It's not the reason I'm head over heels for her. She can sing. She's got a good like country twang when she sings. I'm like, oh, I like that. But it's not the reason I'm head over heels for her. I've learned in the past eight years, that the thing that she was called and created and cut out to do was be a mom. It's been incredible to watch her do that and just like be who God has created her to be. Like, she's so much better at parenting than I am. Like, anything good in our kids, it's all because of her and what she's doing. It's not the reason I'm gonna head over heels for her. I can tell you tonight, beyond a shadow of a doubt, as, as long as I have known her, the most attractive thing about her is that she loves the Lord. And she knows who she is in
1: him and there's nothing that Alan Tate could ever do to change that. That's the most attractive thing about my wife. Still to this day. I want the same to be true for you. I want the same to be true for you because
0: because when we pursue Jesus, when we pursue Christ's likeness, when we pursue him and him alone, when we focus on just being more and more like him, you're, you're, you're concerned with serving him. As he's called you to do. You're giving it away. You're just living life in the community he's given you. You're concerned with loving those that he's put in your life to, to specifically pour out. You're, you're concerned about what he tells us back in First Corinthians chapter seven, being anxious for the things of the Lord, being being just just being undivided in your attention to him. Something really beautiful happens. That when God's timing is right, boom, something kinetic happens where He puts someone else in your path that's also doing that. And when you run into each other, you're like, man, you love the Lord way more than I do. And they're looking at you like, you love the Lord way more than I do. And we're just going to walk with the Lord. And if this is what He wants, then we're going to be better. We're going to be better together than we are apart. But my focus isn't on... Getting married, my focus is on what Christ calls me to in Romans chapter 8, which is just to be more and more like Him. It's the call in our life, just being who God is calling us to be. Let
1: Jesus make you into the person that He wants you to be. That's my encouragement. Stop setting your goals so low.
0: Marriage is a great thing, but it's nothing in comparison to being like Jesus.
1: Finally tonight, I would just tell you that the grass is only greener in Jesus. By that I mean just this. Satisfaction comes in Christ and Christ alone. Many of you in the room tonight are single. You're not dating and you want so badly not to be. You
0: want want this TV, this romantic love that's kind of fabricated that we see kind of inundated with it all the time. You've bought this slide, and if I could just have that, everything would be okay. There's this, there's this myth that we believe that sounds,
1: sounds something like this, that there's a Mr. or Mrs. Right out there for me. And when I find them, everything else is going to be all right. I want you to know that's different than there's a Mr. or Mrs. Right out
0: there for me, because there very well may be, but the myth begins when we believe that Mr. or Mrs. Right is going to make everything else all right. If that were true, the percentage of divorces in our country would go way, 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 way down. The truth is simply this tonight. And I want you to understand this. I want you to get this. I want you to grasp this because you can have this tonight. You don't have to wait until later on in life. Satisfaction comes in Jesus and Jesus alone. We begin to believe that we can find satisfaction in, or contentment in Anything else, including another person or another relationship or marriage specifically, we're deceiving ourselves. Instead of worshiping Jesus and trying to become more and more like Jesus and recognizing that other people in our lives and other relationships in our lives and even marriages in our life are all there to make us more like Jesus. Instead of those being means to an end, glorifying God with our lives, they become the end in and of themselves Where we're like, man, that's just what I need. That's what I want. That's what I desire above everything else. The problem is we recognize that the people in Scripture who had it all said that all all is nothing in comparison to that which we have in Jesus. That's what Paul tells us over in the book of Philippians chapter 3. Verse 8, he says, Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. See, we're we're looking for this special person to come in our life and complete us. We think our singleness is somehow second best and we want completion. We, we're looking for somebody to make us whole. We're looking for somebody to love us unconditionally. We're looking for somebody to encourage us. We're looking for somebody to build us up or tell us what they feel about us or to give us purpose To desire us above all else. We're we're, we're looking for for someone to willingly give up everything for us. That's what we're looking for in this life. And let me tell you, that person is not currently walking the face of the earth. That person did walk the face of the earth. His name is Jesus and He did all of those things for you. i got news for you tonight. He's the only one who can, can complete you. He's the only one who can promise to make you whole. He's the only one who can give you value and worth. You can put your faith in someone else being able to do all that for you if you would like to try, but it's doomed to fail. You're you're destined destined to, to be let down. You're destined to be broken because you're asking them to be something they cannot be for you. It all goes wrong when we begin looking for satisfaction and contentment outside of Jesus, especially when we look for it in other people. And what we will find in our lives is we, we have this string of relationships where you go, man, this one's going to be the one or this one's going to be the one or this one's going to be the one or this one's going to be the one. And at some point, we have to stop and realize that the common denominator is not all of these people. That the common denominator is that I'm asking them to be something they can't be.
1: You can find someone with impeccable character with whom you share incredible chemistry Maybe even somebody
0: that you are completely compatible with in the world's eyes, but the only place to find completion tonight
1: is in Jesus. Don't try to find it elsewhere. You're just begging, begging, begging for pain. Hear
0: me tonight. This short period of your life where your singleness exists is literally the best thing you could give your future self. Your future relationships, your future spouse, your future marriage. If you take advantage of it. Don't waste your singleness. Don't buy the myth that what is coming is better than where you currently are. Don't buy it. Because the enemy wants you wishing away today. For for something greater tomorrow. Jesus is just going, no, 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 I'm here today, and your promise today. So give me all you got today. Relationships are complicated. Praise be to God tonight. That as messed up as we can be, and as messed up as our relationships with one another can be, as messed up as we see dating relationships and marriages messed up as we just are as single people, as individuals. Complicated as our relationships are. Praise be to God tonight that our relationship with Him, though we complicated it with sin, is no longer complicated because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Tonight, I would just ask you, as we close, to just ask this simple question. Lord, what what do I need to do today? What do I need to begin today? Ensure that I'm leveraging this season of my life for your glory. Maybe you're married in the room. Maybe you're single in the room. We can all ask that question tonight, Lord. What do I need to be doing today to leverage this season you have me in right now for your glory? Maybe it's a tough season. Maybe it's a difficult season. Maybe it's a scary season. Maybe you don't know what's next. We just ask us all to ask that question, Lord. What what do I need to be doing tonight? We're going to leverage this season for your glory in my life. Thanks for listening to the Well Church Network. Our vision is to see a church planting church in every university city in the southeast. To that end, we are pursuing a God-sized vision of planting 16 churches by 2026. For more information on the Well Church, visit wellchurchnetwork.com.